you for your prayers while I've been away looking after my mum in Adelaide and family. And, you know, it was a, oh, it was an interesting time. And, and, a, and a time where I feel that, in a way, I was reminded of the goodness of God. And I want to thank you for your prayers. Uh, my my mum is unwell in hospital. My brother and sister-in-law are facing some great challenges. But just sitting with them made me realise, just listening to them, you know, they were just going, Nina, God's got it. God's got this. You know, whatever has been thrown our way, he's in control and he's got it. The peace and the confidence that they had in God going, our lives are his. Our lives are not ours. Our lives are his. And so God's got it. We're not worried. God's got it. Whatever happens, it's in the will of God. And, we're, and it was such an encouragement to come away going, yeah, that's right, God has got it. Let us pray, Father. I just thank you for the time that we have freely been able to gather together around your word, learn from your word, and be reminded of your word. Father, I pray that today as I, as I speak from your word and, and things that you've showed me from your word, I pray that as hearers of the word, that it come, Lord, as a reminder, a reminder to us again that you are in control, Father, and that our lives belong to you. And everything else is secondary to that. Father, I thank you. Anoint this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to I speak on live seeking first. A couple of weeks ago, just before I went away, Mark and I, it's just life. It's just been so constant and busy that we haven't actually had time ourselves uh, together. And so he said, I'm really going to take some leave before you leave again. And uh, so what we did something that we've never done in 11 years while living in Brisbane. And we said, let's go for a coffee on Sunday morning to Mount Kutha. And, you know, that was, we've never done that. You know, we, wherever we've been, we've looked at church online or we've been in church on a Sunday. It's always what we've always done, unless we were away, away somewhere uh, that we haven't been able to see online. And uh, so we went to for a coffee at Mount Cuth. And Mount Cuth is beautiful. And the views were beautiful. And it was really nice to be with Mark and have a coffee and with our dog and a Sunday morning and all the people around. And, and as we were driving back, I said to Mark, that was really nice. And then I said to him, but like, if that's all we did every Sunday morning, what a small, selfish life we would live. It just hit me. Imagine that's all we did every Sunday morning. We went out on outings and we did coffee with our dog and, you know, and we just drank coffee and we had time together. I, it just hit me. What a small selfish life we would live. And I suppose this sermon has come from that revelation of Christ gave his life up for us. And to, to seek him first is nothing really compared to the sacrifice that he paid on the cross for us. And so this morning, I want to speak on that, live seeking first. 
And again, I want to say there's nothing wrong having coffee with people, you know, to do that. There's nothing wrong. But when priority is upside down, there is something wrong because we have been created to serve God first. You know, you might have a great family, you have lots of friends, you have many degrees, you've got a great job, you've got a lot of money, you might have the big nice house, you may be beautiful, you may be thin, healthy, fat, healthy, whatever it may be, you may have all that, but one day all that is gone. One day all that is faded away. Those things will fade. The scripture says that they will fade away. But one thing that will never fade away is us and God. Us and God. You know, you think about some of the famous people over the 15 years ago. Some of you may not even be able to recall their names. You go, oh, I remember that movie and that actor, da, da, da. Because all those things are forgotten. In, in, in 15 years, in the next generation, if you were famous, you're not famous anymore, mostly. You know, so the few that do make it on. And everything is temporary compared to God and serving God. We are God and I, God and me, God and you, it's forever. He is above everything. You know, during the early days of the Salvation Army, William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And his associates were bitterly attacked in him and his associates were bitterly attacked in the press, starting to happen a bit more here as well now, uh, as from religious leaders and also from the government leaders alike. And whenever his son Branwell would come and show Booth, his dad, the latest newspaper attack, the general, William Booth, reply, Branwell, 50 years from now, it will matter very little indeed how these people treat, have treated us. It will matter a great deal how we dealt with the work of God. Love that attitude. In years to come, it will matter very little of what we have, what we do, what is around us. But what we do for Christ and how we live our life for Jesus will always matter. Will always matter. I want to speak. The greatest example of my life where I've seen this modelled and lived out is my dad and mum. Live seeking first. And they modelled to me putting God first above everything else so very, very well. And, uh, and, and so today I want to... Just bring out some of the things that they modelled to me and what we see how Scripture, uh, how they pretty much lived out Scripture and they modelled that out. Their mantra was Matthew chapter 6, verses 33. But I'm going to start reading Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. This is the mantra. 33. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added to you as well. We are we to enjoy this life 
or this trip called life, we need to live by this mantra. We need to make Matthew chapter 6, verses 33, our mantra, what we live by. Living, seeking God first. You know, Jesus preached his very first sermon on the, on the great mount. The, the great first sermon that he ever preached was on the great mount, the Sermon on the Mount as we know it. And in this passage we see Matthew talks about that his, it was his first sermon and Jesus preached to the general public. It was given at the beginning of his ministry life. That's when he delivered his first sermon. It was the longest sermon that he preached. So it covered a fair bit of life and living. He explains how to live as his followers and serve in the kingdom of God. The sermon represents the pretty majority of the ideals of Christian life. It covered prayer, justice, care for the needy, handling religious law, divorce, fasting, judging other people, salvation, and much, much more. And in the end, Jesus made it very clear to his followers, he's making it very clear to us that we need to live differently from those who do not know God. We need to live a different life compared to those who've never met Jesus. He taught, he taught us to, do, to live life and in this society different from those who don't follow Jesus. He addresses the crowd, you know, and the crowd actually says, but, but how do, then how do we look after ourselves? How are we going to do the, the, with life? What are we going to do? How are we going to provide for ourselves? And Jesus says, don't worry about those things. They're pointless. They're profitless. The real priority is that we should serve God, seek God First, he will worry about those things in our lives. We don't need to worry about those things. He will provide those things in our lives. In verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The real priority should be seeking God and God's kingdom first. So what is the kingdom of God? Simplest term that I can bring to you is the kingdom of God is the realm where Jesus Christ reigns as king and God's authority is supreme. So pretty much God is first, second, third, fourth and fifth. He is everything. He reigns. It's his kingdom that comes first. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is the condition of being right in right relationship with God. So this way of living can only happen through a total dependence on Christ Jesus. So so practically, how do we do that? How do we live that life where our dependence is totally on Jesus, that the things around us don't worry us, don't sway us? I've seen this in my brother and sister-in-law faced with this, this tragedy in their life. They're going, well, God's in control. They're not worrying about the report that was delivered to them. They're just going, well, God's in control. We just follow him and he'll worry about the rest. He'll deal with the rest. 
You know, living with Christ as first and seeking him first in our lives, it involves including your response, your purpose in life is your daily provision. In your daily, when you put God first, he provides your daily provision, your creative inspiration, your business ideas, your family relationships, pretty much everything when you put God first in your life, where you seek God first. You know, the promise is this. If you live seeking God first, all these things will be added unto you. All these things will be looked after in your life. We don't need to have the concerns. So I've got three points. All start with P, so you will always remember them. God's concerns must be on our radar screen continuously. His kingdom must be our focus. And the lessons that I saw, I saw this lived out and I'm replicating the same life as my parents lived out, worked for them and it continually worked. Why? Because it was founded on a biblical principle. Number one, seek first God's priority. Seek first God's priority. So what is God's priority? It's it's putting God first. You know, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 to 3, it's the very first commandment that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And it says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must have no other God before me. Now, gods can rep- represent. I'm not talking about other gods like Buddha or, or different things. Gods can represent what? Gods can represent money. Gods can represent family. Gods can represent me. God can represent what I want, my kingdom, my kingdom. That's a, And the very first command says, seek God, put God first and have no other God. And I saw this, as I said, very well modelled to me. You know, growing up, in my home, was very different probably to your home. We got up seven o'clock every morning on a school day and we got up and the first thing was, wasn't breakfast, it was prayer and the Word of God, right? That's exactly what I wanted to do. (laughs) It was prayer, but what happened is as that became our first thing that we did in that morning, My day, though whether faced with, you know, bullying, whether faced with different things, I had a confidence in my God that he was going to be with me and he was going to help me. So this, my mum would say to me, you know, God has got to come first because before you meet the devil, you've got to meet God. Okay? You meet God before you meet the devil. What she was saying, you meet God before you meet the circumstances and attacks of the day. You meet God before you meet the circumstances of the day. You meet God before you meet the challenges of the day. And so having God first priority was a good order of how to live. And that was our day. We started with prayer and reading the word. For, now, it didn't go on for an hour. It was just prayer and putting God at first place and then reading and then and then we could eat. Psalm 5.3 says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Oh, that's where they got it from. 
Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Priority was God first in the morning. Psalm 119 verse 147. I rise early. Yeah, that's where she got it from. Before the sun is up, I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Right priority. Can I challenge you? to put God first before Facebook or Instagram or ABC News. Put God first. I'm not saying read for one hour, pray for an hour. Just put God first. Acknowledge him. Give him your day. Another priority, there was pretty much two priorities, was God first in the morning, prayer and word. And then the first day of every week, which was Sunday, and Wednesday, and Friday, and anything in between was the house of God, was church. And if the only way we got out of church is if we were running a fever over 40, not 37 or 38 or 39, was over 40. And it came out under the arm. You're all right, get dressed, we're going to church. It was literally that. Now, some people could call that abuse, but that was okay. It wasn't abuse. It was, we got home to have a sleep after church. (laughs) And so we grew up with this great hunger for the house of God. You know, you think going to church that much, surely you just hate going to church that much. No, I actually loved going to the house of God. You know, it was being in church is where I was taught the Word of God in a deeper way through sermons. It was in church that I made most of my friends. It was in church where I was healed from rheumatoid arthritis. It was in church that I felt great intense presence of God. Now, I'm not saying you don't feel this, but it is in the house of God where I felt all these things and experienced all these things in great memorable ways. It was in church that I had God visions, just sitting in a prayer meetings. It was in church where I realised that God had given me gifts that I could use to serve the house of God, whether it was cleaning the toilets, being an usher, whatever it may be, they were my gifts, serving, serving people, greeting with people, helping people, that sort of praying with people. It was in church where I discovered those gifts. It was also in church where I met my lifelong partner. And I am so grateful because I am married to such a good man, a godly man who loves God and who puts God first just like I was taught to put God first. And and we walk in unison. Probably one of the easiest things of my life is being married to Mark. And I have remodelled that priority to my children. And I pray and believe that they will remodel that model to their children. And it goes on and on. You know, see, I've never missed out on anything in putting God first in that priority, ever. I've always been blessed. I've always doesn't mean I haven't gone through troubled times. I have, but I faced them with God by my side. I faced them with the, the power of the victory of God upon me and with me. Number two, seek God's 
plans and purposes. Seek first God's plan and purpose. You know, in life, we can choose whatever we want to do. Right? If God doesn't hold a, he- a gun to our head, you've got to do it this way. But when we were created, when we were born, he had a plan and a purpose for our life. That could be being a nurse. That could be being a builder. That could be whatever it may be, be being a pastor. It may be whatever, being a student. Whatever it is, God had a plan and a purpose for us. And we see there are three characteristics to God's plan for our life. Number one, we see it's a personal plan. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good and not for disaster, and to give you a future and a hope. There is no one else like you. Some of you are going, thank God, I can't even get on with myself. There's no one else like you. You're an individual with a God-given plan. God purpose given plan for you. Individual. I know sometimes I wanted to be like other people. I'd be terrible being like other people because God made me me and he gave me a purpose and a plan for me to live out and for you to live out. It's finding what that is. Like in Philippians, find your that and living that out. It's a perfect plan. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God has a purpose and a plan for you. God has a perfect plan for you. We are told that it's a pleasing plan, a perfect plan for your life. And we also see that it's a practical plan. It's a workable plan. It's a plan that you can bring in to wherever circumstance that you have and you can live out that God-purpose plan that he has for you to live out. You know, when you do it your way, when you choose to live out your way, your plan, when you choose to to do it how you want to do it, then what happens is that, we're just going to pray for this sister right now. This is obviously something's going on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority of any sickness and any disease that may have come upon her right now. Father, we pray that your healing plan and your healing power come upon her right now, right now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, right now your presence is in this house. Your presence and power is upon Angie right now. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, minister. Heal her right now, Father. God, you know what's going on. Healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray energy levels back. I pray, Father, whatever is going on, Father, be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. You were just part of a miracle service. <laughs> Angie, if you need to go out, just that's fine. <clears throat> it's not Angie's Sharon, sorry. 
Angie. Okay, we see that when we choose, when we choose to do the plan our way, and I've done this. I've tried to do it my way sometimes. I've got a better plan than God's way. You know, something I think I do, and then realize, oh, why was that so hard? Oh, because it was in your plan, you know, not God's plan. You know, Eve chose to eat the forbidden fruit rather than, rather than to have everything provided for us. Well, we know what happened there. We suffer to this day because of her own plan. Sarah decided not to wait for God's plan for a son, but rather planning her own way. And we know what suffering we have from that as well. You see, we have a choice to go God's plan, do life with God's plan, or whether to do it in our own plan. Seek God first. We seek God first. You know, seeking God's pattern, number three, seeking God. God's pattern. What is that? We seek God's priority. We seek first God's plan and purpose. And then number three is we seek God's pattern. A pattern is an original or a model of something created for the purpose of imitation. So it's something designed to be copied or imitated. Now, I'm a seamstress. And I used to, oh, well, I like sewing. I don't get the chance so much to sew anymore. Uh, and sometimes it's not, you can buy things cheaper than what you can make them. And this is a pattern. This is a quarter of a pattern. It's all right. Use your imagination. It's a dress. Okay, it's a quarter. So when you fold your fabric, get a hole. Okay. And so this is a pattern. And it's got all the inscriptions. You know, that line there is to be cut along the grain, not across the grain, because if you cut it across the grain, you have it a bit of a squivvy sort of out there dress. Right? Now, there are some dresses like that that, that are coming to fashion. That's called across the grain. That's a totally different dress or skirt. But this is, has markings. This is, if I follow the markings on this pattern... I will get a really nice dress, the the dress that was on the picture of the cover of the pattern. Now, do you know, I can replicate this pattern so many times. I can replicate it in black fabric, in white fabric, in red fabric, in orange fabric, all the colours of the world. But it's the same model, it's the same pattern, but I can make it, reproduce it so many different ways. Ways, but it's the same pattern. Unless I type to go, no, I'm not going to follow the grain line. I'm going to do it against the grain. Then it's a different pattern, right? Jesus is our pattern of living. And as we follow his pattern, we should have a really good life. We should have a good outcome of living our life. And so it is with this pattern. As I reproduce this pattern, I can make many patterns of the same, many dresses of the same model. Jesus wants us to follow his pattern. His pattern works. His pattern is for life. His pattern, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so we've been given a pattern of how to live. Our model, our pattern is Jesus. 
Jesus is the greatest example that you will ever find on planet earth. John 13, 15 says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I have given you an example to follow, a pattern to follow. Do as I have done to you. You know, my parents not only taught me the pattern of how to live a life following Jesus, following Christ, but as I said, they muddled that pattern. Who they were in church, they were at home. Who they were when confronted with judgment or opposition, right? They weren't a different person. They modelled the pattern of Jesus Christ. We see Apostle Paul, who wrote one third of the Bible, modelled and taught the pattern and the principles that we now can see and learn from and model as well. Paul represented himself as a pattern of Christ. That's who he says, I'm a pattern. He was a pattern of Christ. He modelled what Christ was like. And then he charged, as he was going, as he was moving on, he charged Timothy, his younger co-worker, to be a pattern to the believers as well. And we see in 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Do not let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. That's our pattern today to live by, the pattern of love, faith, and purity. Sometimes the only Christian or the only Bible that your neighbours will ever read, the only Christ that they will see is how they see it in you. So live in love, live in faith, live in purity. Remember, eyes are always watching. I'm not saying be perfect, but attain to get there, to live by the pattern of Christ. You know, our kids are the greatest example. You know, we want them to not only do what we say, but live like we do. You know, sometimes we say, do what I say, but we live a different pattern to what we tell them to do. And we've got to be careful that there are people always watching, and especially in this day and age at the moment. Like, one of the signs of the last days, and the last days have been happening since the early church began through Christ since the beginning. So, But one of the, the signs that we will see, there will be greater persecution amongst Christians. Now, you know, you just have to turn on the TV, and there's always a headline, a false headline, half-truth headline, that will say this against the church or this against this pastor or this. And so get ready. We are, we are going to get more and more of that. But that's okay because God's still in control. God is not, you know, going, oh, my gosh, where, why are they doing that? I didn't know that was going to happen. Just let's live our lives like Christ would have us to live them. Live seeking God's kingdom first. Ephesians 
5.1 says, Imitate God, therefore in everything you do, imitate, model, pattern after God. Everything you do because you are his dear children. There are some things that my kids do and I go, that's just how I do it. Why? Because they've watched me, how I do things. To the point of cleaning, which is a good thing. I say, Rachel, weird, how are you? What? Oh, you bum, I know that's how you do it. I'm like, good, I'm modelling well. She's patterning after me well. Of Philippians 2, 2 to 16, headline of this passage is shine brightly for Christ. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you and now I am away. It is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse, perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. That's the pattern. That's clear. That's the pattern. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us to help us live that pattern out. So when you feel you can't, you say, Holy Spirit, help me to live that Christ-like. When someone has judged you, offended you, Holy Spirit, help me to forgive them rather than to grab the brick and hit them with it. So you ask the Holy Spirit to help you to live by that pattern. You know, we pattern ourselves from the life of Jesus, as I said, and this is his life. This is his pattern. This is what we need to model ourselves from. He demonstrated solitude, time alone with his Father and sought his Father's will, priority. He showed his disciples the power of prayer and fasting. That's one of the things that we need to pattern after. He resisted temptation, another thing we need to pattern after. He served by served the people. He washed his disciples' feet. He, he discipled those around him, his disciples and those around him. He showed kindness and compassion to all mankind. That's the pattern we need to live by. He was generous. He was constant in going to the temple, going to church. He was consistent. He loved humanity. That's another pattern we need to continually pattern in our lives. He forgave all those who persecuted against him, whether it be religious leaders or pagan. He forgave. This morning, I want to challenge you this morning to live seeking God first. These things that we live for, temporary, but living, seeking after God first is eternal. Things will pass away, but the kingdom of God will never pass away. In your priority, seek Him first. Put him first place. 
in your plans and your purposes. Seek God what your plans and purposes are and put him and live them out and put him in the middle and in patterning your life after Christ. And the promise is as you follow God first, all these things will be added unto you. What these things? Your worries. He will, it says, and he will take care of all those things. But your concerns, he'll take care of that. Give it to God. Live seeking God first, and he will take care of those things. In closing, as a musician to come, a British merchant asked, was asked by the Queen Elizabeth to leave behind his business holdings in order to complete a mission for the crown, for crown and country. The mission would call him away for several years, so he was understandably concerned because he had a business. And she was going, no, I need you to do this for me for several years. You know, at first he protested and, and resisted, saying, well, who's going to run my business while I'm away? Who will look out for my interests if I'm gone for so long? However, the Queen won his consent by making him a promise. And she said, you look after or you look out for my interests and the good of my kingdom and I will look out for your interests. And true to her word, when the man returned several years later, he found his business was thriving and his holdings sufficiently increased. In a similar manner, God is saying to us, Seek ye first my kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first me. Seek ye first in your me in your priorities. Seek first my plans that I have for you. Seek first to live but patterned how I lived and how I showed you to live. And all these things will be added unto you. Can I encourage you this morning? Put God first. You may be a warrior, bring it to God first. You may be concerned by the report that you got. Seek God first in that. Put God first. Seek God first in the morning. Seek God, make your priority that God and the kingdom of God is first. And see, He'll take care of everything else. He will look after you. Can I get you to stand right now? We're just going to pray. It's so easy for us when things come our way that we didn't expect. It's so easy human nature to worry. But you know, as I've got older and older and older and over, the times that I've worried, nothing's really changed. And the times that I've just said, okay, God, I don't understand this. I don't like this. As I've trusted God and said, God, you're in control. I will continuously still seek you. God has worked out all those things. I've been obedient to him. Listen to what he's saying at that time. Sought after him. 
put him first. Let's pray right now. Father, what a great privilege that we have to seek you, to trust you, to put you first in all things, before all things. Father, I pray that in this room or perhaps online, anyone watching, that it's been out of kilter. God, that things that we want, things that we feel is more important, things that don't pertain to the kingdom of God or God have been put before our, before you, God. Father, I, I pray we repent of those things. We repent, oh God. We repent of putting, Lord, you second place or third place or fourth place. But Father, we make a, a recommitment this morning to you that we would put you first, that we will seek you first. We will seek the kingdom of God, your reign, your rule, your authority in our lives and your righteousness. We will seek you first. Father, I pray, help us. Help us in those times, God, when we do want to take control, when we feel you're too slow and so we want to run ahead and do it our way. Help us, help us allow the Holy Spirit's promptings of God to help us to slow down and give it to you first before making our own plans, before deciding whether we want to do something because it suits us first better. Father, we recommit that to you right now as well. Our plans, our purposes, oh God. Father, we pray that we want to Lord, live by your plans and your purpose and that we want to realign ourselves back to what you want us to do and what you've planned for our lives. Father, in our patterning our lives after you, Lord Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, because we need it. God, we, we've always needed it, but in this day and age, it seems like we need it more. God, because it's just constant. Your position is getting increased. Father, we pray that we would pattern our lives, love, faith, and purity. Father, self-control, forgiveness, compassion, generosity. Father, in the things that grate us, help us, Holy Spirit, to give them to you and to pattern our lives in the response that you would have us to have. Not argumentative, but Father, faith-filled, hope-filled. Let our lives be a sweet-smelling aroma to you, to your nose, God. Let our lives, oh Father, be patterned off for you that in our, in our worlds, in our workplaces, in our neighbourhoods, that'll be us that the people come to for prayer because we live a different life according to the pattern, not to the pattern of this world, but the pattern of your world and your life. In Jesus' name, amen.